Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm really hoping Judd has uh, at least one opinion on the Wild in the last few days. Oh, you mean that great performance on Saturday or Monday night? Which one, Kenny? Which one do you want? Okay, good, good. Kenny, uh, Judd has takes. Takes with a Z on the end. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, they're going to, lots of teeth to those takes. Good, good, I've been waiting. Everyone's going down, by the way, everyone. (laughs) Thank you. Get things rolling with the opening bell. Want to ring the bell? Actually, let's do that first. Let's let's do that first. How much is this a product the last two nights of you guys being shorthanded as much as you were chasing the game, chasing the team you're playing? I don't want to, you know what? Uh, I don't want to um, woe is me type thing. Uh, chasing the game, we were ahead of the game, you know, and uh, and uh, we should have been pretty excited about the way things things were, even after the first period when they got two goals. I thought, okay, we're right in this thing. And uh, then in the, I don't think we got a shot in the first 12 or 13 minutes in the second period, and they get two goals, and it's like, wow. You know, uh, you know, it just uh, wasn't there. Boy, it uh, takes a lot of soul-searching. and It's easy to say we're going to watch the video, but, I mean, it's uh, it's just a compete level. It just uh, it seems like once they started to, to play a little bit better, it was like, uh, woe is me, and we just, you know, didn't compete against them. And now Judd Zolgad tries to break down the latest wild game without the typical hockey jargon bullcrap <laughs> like grit, effort, and puck luck. Can he do it? All right, how about this Can one, Can he too? do it? Seven about, to two. How about compete level? I'm no. so, I'm so bleeping sick of compete level. Yep. All right. First of all, where Boudreaux got this entirely wrong is 2-0. At 2-0, you didn't have a chance. The Winnipeg Jets came out, gentlemen, and got the first four chances of that game last night. That had nothing to do with compete. It had nothing to do with grit. It has to do with the fact that this team is flawed beyond belief defensively. They had 19 shots last night. I don't even care about that. The flaws on defense and how bad this team is defensively right now is off the charts. You have now given up 30 goals in your past seven games. You Last night, you were flawed from the start. I realize that Spurgeon wasn't playing. I don't care. And here's, the, here's my key point right now. Listen to this and listen to this good, okay? Ryan Suter, I am so sick of you right now. You make me want to puke, and here's why. I mean, honestly, I want to puke right on this microphone. Ryan Suter. Please don't do that. Ryan Suter. I think Patrick uses that microphone. Your, be- your, your best defenseman. All right. 
in training camp, they put him with Dumba. Do you know why? Because they thought he might help Dumba. It made perfect sense, right? You got both. They shoot from the opposite directions. The pairing makes perfect sense. My understanding is Suter at the end of camp said, this ain't going to work. I want to be back with Spurgeon. He demands to be with the top defenseman. Okay, that's selfish. Last night, Spurgeon's out. Guess what? He's with Brodeen. He has no reason to be with Brodeen. The rest of this defense is a mess. Ryan Suter, you make $13 million a year, right? What, Whatever stupid salary you make. I think it's and, eight, but yeah, go, and whatever. Go. And you, and you're demanding to be with the other best defensemen as opposed to the fact that the rest of the defensemen right now suck and could actually benefit from playing with you. But no, no, you still have to be, you have to be with Brodeen now to make yourself comfortable in a game. That is as selfish, as self-centered, and as stupid as it comes. And I am... Really, really not happy. <laughs> Bruce Boudreaux hasn't told this guy to take a bleeping hike. You're going to play with who I'm going to tell you who to play with. So let's not talk about compete level. Let's not talk about all these BS hockey terms. Let's talk about the fact that this is a selfish, self-centered, this is the Yosey Wild all over again. So, of course, they're going to fall apart. Yeah, I got a, I got a paper bag. Breathe into this. Hold on. Breathe into it. Amen, brother. Honest to God, Ryan Suter. You make me want to puke right in this brother. bag. But hold, wait, wait. <laughs> He's breathing into a brown paper bag. <laughs> You're right. It's the Yosey Wild. Yeah. We were saying that last night. It's the most self-centered group of players. You can't have your star defenseman cherry-picking how he's going to play. Scott Stevens, all of fame defenseman, walked away from this team after one year. To be with his family. Yeah, you know what he looked at? He looked at the self-centered nature of some of their best players and said, I want no part of this crap. And that doesn't even get to my Fox Sports North rant of the oh, day. Oh, Tell me if you continue. want that now or later. Well, wait, but, how much of this this uh, is on the coach? Uh, this has got to be some of his fault. Oh, yes, it's most definitely. You tell you call Ryan Suter in and you say, I'm putting you with a defenseman who's not your who's not even close to being your equal, because with the money you make, you need to help stabilize hey, things. I have a question for you. Quit okay, telling me if, what to you know, quit telling me what to do. I'm the coach of the bleeping team. If what you're saying about Ryan Suter is accurate. And I think I think you're onto something here. If he kind of pulls the strings of coaches, mm-hmm. I saw how that would be possible with a Mike Yo. Okay, Mike Yo, when he took that job, was like 37, not that much older than some of the players on the roster. First time coaching in the NHL as a head guy. Maybe you tend to be swayed by the veterans in the room, right? Not Bruce Boudreaux. I know. So what is it about Ryan Suter, if what you're saying is accurate? What is it about Ryan Suter that leads to, and now he is one of the absolute figureheads, salary-wise, stature-wise, yeah. and performance-wise in this room, right? Yes. And yet, for, for five-plus years, we've seen the same inconsistency with this team. We've seen the same lack of star power overall, which I'm not blaming on Suter, but I'm saying that's the same stuff for like five and a half years, and the same bipolar personality that we've seen for five and a half years. They've been the same team the entire time mm-hmm. that Parisian Suter have been on the roster. Mm-hmm. Why now that Bruce Boudreaux comes in, is it the same storylines? That doesn't I, make any sense to me. I, now, I, I told you before when Yosi was around that I that I had heard that when Suter was not pleased about things, he didn't go to Fletcher, he went to Leopold. So he went right upstairs. That's a problem. It's a huge problem. I thought, I guess mistakenly so, that Boudreaux, when he came in, and if you recall... That's on Leopold, by the way. Yes, it is. You tell your player, no, you... You don't ever come to me again with your problems. But when Boudreaux came in, if you recall, he said he sat down individually with Ryan and Zach and had chats with long talks with them about these things. 
I thought that that would, would clear things up. But just to give you an idea of how crazy it was that Suter played with Brodeen last night, they are both left-shot defensemen. Your goal, of course, is to get a left with a right shot. Now, Spurgeon is a right shot. So there, I think the justification, although I don't like it, is, well, Ryan plays on his side, Jared plays on his side. Last night, with where your defense is, I mean, it seems like a small thing, but it's not. Why wouldn't you want to stabilize? It's a symptomatic thing. Yes, and why wouldn't you want to stabilize the rest of your defensive core, which, by the way, is playing, for the most part, terrible. Scandella is missed. Riley is now being scratched because he can't play. Olofsson is a mess most of the time. They called up a kid last night who they they were going to call up regardless because the play has been so bad. My point being is when it starts with that player, when it starts with Ryan Suter, you got a big, big problem. I mean, uh, so you, but I, you're I right. It hasn't I, and changed, I, and you're right. What the question is? Why didn't it change with a veteran head coach who I really thought wouldn't give a damn? Yeah, and, and would tell these guys. We're doing it my way, and if you ever go talk to to the guy who owns this team again, there's going to be hell to pay for that. Leopold's off limits when it comes to hockey conversations. And I always and, and nothing you said to me is like out there or incorrect, but I always bring it back to with this team, it's been the same bipolar personality and the same inconsistency for going on six years now with this same collection. Mm-hmm. Now, they've given you more wins than losses. They've given you playoffs. They've given you full arenas. So there's a lot of good that comes along with it. But if we're still waiting after five-plus years for this team to change its personality and for some of the players to change their personalities, mm-hmm. right? They're, no, telling you who they, they're telling you who they are with every single but, week that goes by. But quit, li- quit, to your point, too, going way back, quit listening to the buzzwords grit, compete, puck luck. All those are are those are masking the real problems. If you want if you want to throw out clichés that are real problems, your chemistry stinks. You have people you have people who should be uh most in, interested in serving players, they are the most interested in themselves. Until that ends, guess what? This is going to maintain itself. This uh, they, is going to happen. They are, by the way, and there's still a ton of regular season left. They're still, we're, we're basically approaching the one-third mark of games played here. But uh, the Wild has two games more, uh, I should say Colorado has two games in hand. They're mm-hmm. below the Wild in the division standings by one point. So mm-hmm. Colorado is going to pass the Wild by just getting one point in their next two games. Yep. And so they will be sitting dead last in their division Basically a third of the way through the season. This is absolutely right now and and has been on and off for quite some time now, an unlikable group. Uh, it's an unlikable group. Can I throw mixed messages by the head coach in, yes. the, in the conversation here? This is Bruce Boudreaux on uh, the 17th of October. So Bruce Boudreaux like five weeks ago. You don't get into in a game shape, the physical conditioning, yeah, but game shape, the mentality of it, uh, unless you start playing games. And so... We're looking forward to playing games, and uh, quite uh, frankly, after when we start playing Friday, we we only have uh, three real practices till December fourth. So I mean, we'll have enough games that we'll be saying, "Geez, we need practice time." So, the, so the first part of that is, "Hey, we got we're well, sick yeah, of we, practicing. We're sick of practicing. We got to play some games. Yeah, let's Get play out there, play yeah, some games. Play right? games." This is Boudreaux from last night. People not doing their jobs. We we can see it. That they're you know the. That there's a disconnect somewhere, but I mean, uh, and again, that's a reason why you need to practice. I mean, we haven't practiced <laughs> in practice. two weeks, and uh, 
uh, we got to get back to square one when we do. I mean, if tomorrow wasn't a scheduled day off, we'd be we'd be working. We got to practice. I don't know what you get. Yeah, no, and I, he's just as baffled. I, I, he's he, one of the best head coaches in the last fifteen years of the NHL. I, I Hasn't like, won a championship, but I like Bruce. But uh, but what he's doing now, he he is using cliches and fallbacks as excuses because he doesn't want to come out and tell the truth. The old now I, I saw the uh, Montreal coach did this two weeks ago. The old, we played bad, and if we could practice tomorrow, we would. We'd bag skate them. But we can't because of the CBA. There's a lot going on here that I feel like Boudreaux last night was being very careful. He was mad, and he was trying to convey that the performance was not acceptable, but he didn't give you the truth. He gave, he gave you the old, well, I'm telling you, Phil, from the drop of the puck when the Jets had, had four chances, when it was two zip, I still said, they're going to lose this game. So this whole notion that, wow, we got off to this great start and then quit playing, no, no, no. You basically played awful defensively for that, that entire game, and ultimately you got exactly what you deserved. Ding, ding. That was not That was a, a top three Judd Zolgat hockey rant in the four-year history of this show, Dave. Absolutely delightful. I really enjoyed it. And don't forget, I still have my Fox Sports North rant from that debacle last night, okay, too. Let's, but we can get to that. Let's get to that, because we, we were going to lead with, I have a PJ Fleck-related rant. I in fact, love where I have, going. I have an email that was sent... I'm gonna. I, I don't think the name of the person who wrote this needs to be put out there, but a very high-profile booster who played football at the University of Minnesota at one point, and I have a letter that he wrote to the university officials, so Mark Coyle, and it's one of the most absurd, asinine things I've ever read in my entire life. Wow! And it's symptomatic of the problem here for for going on five decades awesome. of go for football. I'm going to read you part of this and then tell you why it's so stupid when we come back. Mackie and Judd, we're back at full strength, baby. (laughs) Mackie and Judd are back. Put down the sports page and listen. On 1500 ESPN. Well, this was unacceptable tonight. Period. The actual performance tonight, unacceptable. There's no way that we're going to look like that next year. The one thing I I love about games is that people say, we could have did this, could have did that, should have done this, should have done that. We are exactly where we are. That's the reality. Whether people want to ignore that or talk about years past or talk about this or that, we are exactly where we are. And I'm hired to fix it. And we'll fix it. Recruiting, development, strength and conditioning, that's what we'll do within our program. The guys that stay will be champions. Uh, That was head coach P.J. Fleck after another shutout loss to Wisconsin. So they didn't score a point their last two weeks. Yes, first time since 1950 they've been shut out in back-to-back yeah. games. So it's definitely not good. Um, let me let's start with this. Okay, uh-huh. there's so many ways to go off this go for football conversation. You and I have been off mic since last Friday, so uh, a lot to get to. But I have a letter here that was forwarded to me from a high-ish profile Gopher booster, Gopher influencer, and somebody who played football at the University of Minnesota. I'll just leave it at that. All right. Doesn't doesn't need to it doesn't need to be a personal attack here. I'm just going to read you a couple paragraphs from this and I'll preface it by saying I think this mindset and this is an influencer too who has this mindset. Mm-hmm. This mindset is why the Gophers have been irrelevant for 50 years. Mm-hmm. Now comes the and I'm taking an excerpt here. Okay. Now comes the inane idea of extending the contract of the head football coach. Kaler and his athletic director fired a coach making about $1 million 
and who had a nine and four season. So they could hire a coach for three and a half million who took the U, much of the same personnel from the nine and four team, to a five and seven record. Now Kaler and Coyle want to extend this coach's contract through 2022, and they're permitting him buyouts of about half the amount they should be. The attendance hasn't changed much from last year, so the revenue has not increased. And while the expense of paying and promoting Fleck has raised the overhead of the athletic department considerably. So now we're worried about money. Oh, we're going to, we want to be a big time college football program. But wait, you're paying a coach more money. Oh, but you're spending more money. Oh, okay. Come here and win. That's great. Uh, For how long will you and the Board of Regents continue to let Kaler and by extension Coyle make bad decisions and waste millions of dollars? Again, worried about money here. Do you think Ohio State worries about money? I mean, they're bringing in money, but you have to spend money to make money okay. a lot of times. Back when he hired Fleck, Kaler promised that increased ticket sales would cover the cost of Fleck staff salaries and that no monies would come from public funds. Another empty promise for which the administration needs to be held accountable. A number of Gophers players quit on the field against Northwestern and Wisconsin. I never saw a Gopher player quit under Killer Clays. So much for all the Fleck rah-rah BS. So this is an anti-Fleck angry letter to the board uh, that oversees Kaler and Coyle from a prominent yep. former player and high, high-ish profile booster. Wait. Two things real quick. Yeah. <laughs> How quickly okay. we forget. Jerry Kill won three games his first year. Three games. I love the revisionist history here. Nobody would have quit on Kaler. They won three games Jerry Kill's first year, yeah. including losing to North Dakota State. And I don't want to hear, well, North Dakota State, that's a subdivision, that's a that's a division one double A school that you lost to, okay? Mm-hmm. Jerry Kill went two and six in conference his second year. He was a disaster the first two years. Worse than PJ Fleck was in his first year at five and seven, okay? It's the dumbest take I continue to hear. Well, Tracy Clays won nine games and he got fired. And Fleck won five and he gets a contract extension. Yep. Do you understand how bad you have to be as a head coach to get fired after winning nine games? You have to be a bad recruiter. You have to be a bad leader, allowing your players to boycott and turn the program into a national story. Yes. Bad at finding and developing quarterbacks, okay? Do you really think Tracy Clays would have come back and won nine games again with these two clowns at quarterback? And I'm sorry, I like Connor Rota, but I'm fired up right now. Demery Croft, addition by subtraction. He's one of the guys that quit the last two weeks. The guy completed two passes, for God's sakes, in three and a half hours at Northwestern mm-hmm. and repeatedly ran out of bounds four or five yards short of the sticks when he could have plowed forward for first downs. Now, does some of that fall on the head coach? Absolutely. But if you're sitting here... And you're already lighting the pitchforks or lighting the torches and busting out the pitchforks after one year of PJ Fleck. Mm-hmm. I think you're clueless. I think you're entirely clueless. And I'd love to see a Venn diagram, a great tweet from somebody a couple days ago to me. I'd love to see a Venn diagram of people who were furious about the PJ Fleck contract extension mm-hmm. and people who wanted Richard Patino fired after his first two or three years. Because I guarantee it's like 90% the same clueless gopher followers. I feel like uh, you're more passionate about this than I am. Uh, so let me sort of just back up here and say, start starting with what you just read. If you, and I don't care what f- former player sends me that, if you get that, if you're Mark Coyle and that letter arrives in your email inbox and it's printed out for you, 
here's what you need to start doing. And this needs to start happening at this school consistently, at least when it comes to sports. Part of the problem with this school and part of the problem why we are where we are again today, which is inexcusable, is because there's too many chefs in the kitchen. There's always too many cooks in this kitchen. There's always way too many people at that school who want to say, and those people should be told very nicely, go away. We're going to build something here. If you're Mark Coyle and you have confidence in what you're doing, you tell those people, go away. You tell those people, I don't want to jeopardize what you're going to donate to the school, but I'm going to tell you this right now. If we're going to win, I don't want to hear from you. Other than good job, I love the Gophers. All right? So quit sending me your notes about I'm spending too much or I'm not or I goofed this up or I didn't goof. There are three sports. Well, really two. But there are three sports in that program that matter. Football, basketball, and in this case, hockey. Or hockey should, although that's no screwed up. It's, it's so bad, it doesn't. But you're looking at three sports that if you're Mark Coyle, you need to look at and you need to say, everybody needs to get away. I'm going to have a very small group of people that I listen to. And I will listen to them, and I don't want to hear from anybody, anybody else. Flex first season, and I went to the game against Wisconsin, comes as, yes, it's completely sad and, and not acceptable. But... If you really think, if you make this today into a P.J. Fleck discussion, you're crazy. You're absolutely crazy. We sat here. Two years ago now, we sat here. And I believe we carried on the station the day that Tracy Clays was named coach. And I said to you, this is really bad. Tracy Clays being named coach. Jerry Kill did a very nice job. And unfortunately, he could not continue in his duties. But the dysfunction of where we are today lies in Tracy Clays being named coach. Tracy Clays was a defensive coordinator. He was never a head coach. You named him head coach because you had no choice in your mind. You could not, in your mind, and I said this, I said, don't you even want to look around? But in their mind, they could not even conduct a search. Why couldn't they do that? Because the university hired Norwood Teague as AD. Norwood Teague, even if he had been the greatest guy on the face of the earth, had no business at a football school. He understood one sport, basketball. Basketball is a great sport. It's fantastic. This is a Big Ten school. You hired someone who doesn't understand football. Oh, and then he turned out to be a complete creeper. All right? So if this discussion, if anybody in the media, radio stations, I don't care, has a discussion today that revolves around P.J. Fleck, you are clueless as to what the problem yes, is here. It's completely uh, this is dysfunction at the highest level of the school. And and by the way, too, to say that players didn't quit on Tracy Clays, you had a large group of players who were willing to sit out a bowl game, forfeit the bowl game. That speaks volumes about the leadership of your correct. coach and your program. Also, so don't give me that. Let me ask you this. Oh, 651-646-8255, 1500 I want to ask you this. If you're still banging on the Tracy Clays drum, well, Tracy Clays won nine games and he got fired. He got done wrong. How many high-profile colleges or NFL teams have knocked on his door asking him to be the head coach or, let's say, even an NFL position coach? Honestly, how many? Since he got let go. I don't he's think he's been any. around for two hiring cycles I now. I don't think any. So two NFL hiring cycles, or one and then another one coming up. Yeah. And then uh, for sure, at least one college football hiring cycle, maybe two. How many times has Tracy Clays turned down a bunch of SEC defensive coordinator jobs that I'm not aware of? Has he turned down a bunch of ACC head coaching jobs? 
Because if he did, if he did such a great job, we won nine games. But, but this isn't. But Phil, to me, this isn't about Clay's. He was. Mis- I, I he agree. Was completely. What what this conversation is about is, and, and this is why. And, and I am not as big a Fleck fan as you are. But why the Fleck discussion is just stupid is because Coyle hired Fleck knowing full well that Clay's was not head coaching material, and all you had to look at was the fact that you had a large group of players willing to forfeit a bowl game. Willing to for do you think any real head coach would ever have that? Do you think that if Jerry Kill was still there, that he would have had that? Those players might have gotten in trouble and there would have been sanctions against them, and everybody might have thought that they were done either right or wrong. Mm-hmm. But Jerry Kill never would have got to the point where you actually had the Board of Regents trying to convince the players to play in a bowl game. So to put this back on Fleck, the 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 biggest mistake that I made and I think was made around town was not forecasting exactly what that entire situation meant. That's disarray. They had disarray. That program was in, and if Kill had been there, I think they'd be fine, but he wasn't. And so that program, I think I think if we had peeled it back a little bit more at, at the time, we would have said, this is really, really not good. And this is going to be not good for a while now. But it's dysfunction at the school. It's dysfunction at the school, and to and to pin it on uh, Patino three years back, or to pin it on Fleck now, is to miss the entire conversation. Yeah. I mean, here's another thing too. Like I, we're getting a ton of reaction here on social media. If you guys want to chime in via the phones, we can leave them open here. We don't have any guests this hour. Matthew Cobbler usually joins on Tuesdays in the nine o'clock. He'll join us at noon today to talk Vikings. So just a programming change. Six five one six four six eight two five five. 877-615-1500. One thing I really like about PJ Fleck, and people are so caught up in the micro, in the weeds here. Well, they did. They look so bad. Like, here's our, our guy Kent from the Star Tribune. Um, not saying he should be fired or that the extension was a bad idea, but be honest about the coaching shortcomings in the final two games. Okay, there are a lot of shortcomings that you saw on the field this year. You know where the other shortcoming is? The most important position in sports, quarterback. Look what was left in the cupboards. You think Tracy Clays wins nine games with Demery bleeping Croft as his quarterback? So obviously there are shortcomings. But if you're trying to coach chess with a board full of checkers, you aren't going to look good against Wisconsin. Now, are there things we can nitpick? Absolutely. Are there things that P.J. Fleck has already done better than the last 10 gopher head football coaches, like marketing and putting the program on a national platform in some instances? And those things matter a lot more in today's college football coaching environment than ever before? Yes. So it's like for every time we want to rip P.J. Fleck for something tactical he didn't do in the second quarter against Northwestern, you should give him 10 times more praise for taking an irrelevant dormant program of 50 years and getting it a documentary on ESPNU. Does Tracy Clays do that? Does Tracy Clays land the top Juco quarterback in the country? Dual threat. This, um... Vic Viramontes that just came to town yesterday. No, he doesn't. You mean? So, like, I, yes, there are things to he, nitpick, but don't get caught in the weeds. That's what Gopher football fans and and even Gopher football media have been doing for so long. P.J. Fleck has brought a lot of great things to the table in the last 11 months. My assessment is this. You cannot evaluate him. He came in here known, known for his ability uh, to run an uh, offense. You can't evaluate that. That offense gave you no chance. I guarantee you we did not see 
we saw 5% of what he wants to do. All right? So let's, let's if you're going to judge him, give him time. But I am all for jumping on this program for being dysfunctional. And I'm all for jumping on the school for being dysfunctional. And what Mark Coyle's trying to do is he's trying to get it out of that dysfunction. Yeah. But if you look at Fleck and you look at, at what he did, and I get it. The rah-rah stuff might drive you crazy. So I completely get that. But that being said, as a football coach, you don't know. Why should raw raw stuff drive you but crazy? Because it, it drives some people crazy. Why? But, but, but my like, but who, my point is so but, stupid. but my point is to focus on that is missing. Yeah. It's missing the point. It's if you jump on PJ Fleck for for how he acts, you're missing the point of what the real problems are. That's how we always get into trouble here. Too many chefs in the kitchen want their views to be heard. If I'm Coyle, I'm telling you, Phil, I tell everybody, get away from me. Just shut up and get away. I gave him the extension. If you want to fire me, that's fine. But until you do, I'm running this football program, and somebody in this godforsaken town is going to get this football program right, and it's not going to be because I'm listening to somebody who graduated in 1954 and once sat on the bench (laughs) on basketball. I don't care if you're a millionaire. The Mackie and Judd show is hot today. I'm just sick of it. Uh, 651-646-8255. Tim tweets in, his BS and jumping and running around bug me. Okay, so we'd rather have a bump on a log, but Tracy Clays, who walks into a living room and takes point. a nap on someone's couch. Mike, you're on with Mackie and Judd. Hey, guys. Um, good conversation. I agree that uh, with a, a one-year coach, you can't make too many decisions. But but one thing I would say, I'm not sure which one of you said that Coyle should just ignore everybody and, and that. That's me. You know, nobody. Do you remember the last AD that's what happened to him. Everybody, nobody says anything to him, and that's how he spun out of control. He did whatever he wanted to do. He was doing the sexual harassment stuff, and then when all that came out about him, people said, "Hey, how come nobody's talking to him? How come nobody's watching what he's doing?" I think so I, I don't f- think I don't think you can let him run off on his own and not take any suggestions. I think what those people actually said was, was, "Why didn't we vet the process more carefully in hiring him?" Which I completely agree with. I'm saying, as far as an administrator goes, if you trust him to do his job, you can't have 30 people then trying to weigh in on how he's doing his job. That's a, that is an epidemic at that school. There's way too many people who want to get in the room and give their thoughts on things, and that's how you end up with athletic programs that are rudderless. Uh, I just received, uh, this is great, uh, a Twitter follower, Sam, sends a list in here, and this is where, like, I don't even follow close enough to tell you, like, who the what the offensive line depth is any given game. So this is where I love, I love the gopher football insiders who put together lists like this. A list of gopher football players... Projected starters or prominent players after the first five weeks of the season this year, going back to the end of the year last oh, year, yeah. yep. that were either transfers or injured based on mm. the mess from last year mm-hmm. or injured at some point during the beginning or or whatever it is. Defensers are 19. Ton. Yep. 19. It's the same team. Oh, is it? Oh, no. I think Chip told me the secondary was basically wiped out. Yeah. Let's do this. Dan, Ed, Steve, we're going to run phone calls here, and I know Judd and I are kind of in lockstep on this, that, man, it's been 50 years since this program was nationally relevant. Can we back off for for five seconds and let P.J. Fleck, who had wild success at Western Michigan and went toe-to-toe with Wisconsin in the Cotton Bowl, give the guy a chance to breathe for two, three years before we start jumping down 
his throat. 651-646-8255. You know, we love to watch sports in this studio, go for football, whatever it may be, on the TCL 55-inch Roku TV. It's the best sports viewing experience you're going to get. And the Roku aspect is maybe the feature here because you get built-in 4,000-plus streaming channels and 450,000-plus movies and TV shows all on the same page, so to speak, uh, or the next page as your cable or satellite channelist. So forget about the extra cords and extra devices and finding you know an extra power strip to plug extra things into. You have a built-in Roku device that gives you endless entertainment. There's a reason why TCL is America's fastest-growing TV brand and why it's one of the largest and best TV companies in the world taking the country by storm. You can find out for yourself here. It's holiday season. What better gift to buy than someone? How about a 4K picture-quality built-in Roku TCL TV at any major local retailer in the Twin Cities? Mackie and Judd. Phil Mackie, Judd Zogad. I'm trying to get our players to listen to me. Instead of listening to you guys. Mackie and Judd. It's like poison. You know what I mean? It's like taking poison. On 1500 ESPN. All right, we got we got full phone lines right now. Listen, uh, I just... I'll fight anyone who wants to fire P.J. Fleck after one year. You are clueless if you well, already are off the P.J. Fleck bandwagon. And, and I will fight you and where, uh, over the airwaves. Where I think we differ just a little... Bobbing and weaving. Where I think we differ just a little bit, Phil, is I think you're more defensive of Fleck than I am. What I'm saying is, having watched this program for 40 years now, it's it's a, it's a an epidemic of a problem here. And, and to say, to make this conversation about a first-year head coach is to once again completely miss the point... And one of the ways we got where we are right now is by people missing the point. Well, here's another, an, an emailer here, and we, we love the feedback, and we're going to get to Dan and Ed and Steve and Peter here in just a second, and Lou Nanny, uh, no, I'm sorry, that's, I'm off I'm off by a couple of days. We're going to talk that's Vikings until the Thursday, time of the hour. Yeah. I'm, I'm all worked up. Uh, Bruce <laughs> emails in, speaking of missing the point, all due respect, Bruce, thank you for emailing. Phil is right. It's all about ESPN documentaries and bluster. Who cares if they win? Jeez, Phil. I hope my sarcasm comes through loud and clear. Okay. The documentaries, and you call it bluster, I call it marketing. PJ Fleck understands social media and reach and connecting with 17 to 22-year-old kids much better than Tracy Clays did, much better in today's game in a lot of ways than Jerry Kill in terms of the actual recruiting. Now, does it lead to four and five stars? That's where he'll be criticized at the end of the day. But if you're mocking the notion of putting an irrelevant program on a national documentary platform as if it doesn't matter, let me take you to the biggest difference between the NFL and college football. In the NFL, if your team is bad for a number of years, you get to draft the best player coming out of college. If you can't find a quarterback to save your life as an organization, you can you can handpick either with your money in free agency or with your draft pick in the in the April NFL draft. Mm-hmm. In college football, it's so much harder to roll that rock up the hill. You have to roll up your sleeves, make your program seem cool and relevant to kids who could otherwise choose any program in the country. Wear different jerseys every Saturday. Yes, PJ Fleck yeah. understands this. At some point, wins are going to matter a lot more. Year 1 or a year 0 as he says. Yep. If you're if like if you're mad about the five and seven record, even that Jerry Kill won three games his first year. 
He went two and six in conference his first two years. Revisionist history. Jerry Kill never won a bowl game here. And I like Jerry Kill. He'd still be the coach here. Yeah, Jerry But let's Kill's not act a... like Jerry Kill was bleeping Can Urban we... Meyer. <sighs> okay. I would sever this conversation this way by saying this. Forget if you like Fleck, if you don't, forget him for one second. Can we all agree beyond a shadow of a doubt 100% that Tracy Clays was not going to be the guy? Tracy Clays was made was hired in, in a bad situation, made worse by the fact that, that your AD had to be blown out because he was harassing women, and therefore Tracy Clays, in a panic, was given a job. He was gifted the job. He had no business being in that job. He is a very good defensive coordinator. So... Let's because I feel like there's so much um, attention paid to Fleck because of, of who he is and how he acts that if you like go for football, you're missing the point. The starting point is this your head coach, who, yes, he won nine games in spite of himself in some ways, but he won nine games, was never going to be your long term head coach. I guarantee you, no matter who was hired as AD to replace Teague. Uh, for the full-time job, Mark Coyle, or if they'd gone and gotten the guy from Louisville at the time, which I think they they actually talked to him, or Stanford, or something like that, they were going to fire Tracy Clays. Tracy Clays was never the answer. I feel like there's two conversations here, and the most the most important immediate one was the way go for football was left was not going to work. Tracy Clays was a coordinator. Six five one six four six eight two five five. What's up, Dan? Hey, gentlemen, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, it was perfect that PJ got the one-year extension. I would have gave him a three-year extension if I was Coyle. Uh, did did Kill not get an extension after his first or second no, year? No, he got an extension before he ever coached a game. <laughs> he looked at the roster said, this is such crap, I need an extension, and they gave it to him. Yeah, but you know why, you know why we weren't outraged, Dan? Because I, I think this is part of the reason. I think Jerry Kill's personality identifies with more Minnesotans than P.J. Flex, and I think that's a major, major aspect of this conversation. Absolutely. And and the last point I want to make, when is the last time the Gophers have had the best quarterback on the field when playing oh, an opponent? I can't remember that game. Yeah, it's even 50-year senior Mitch Leidner. It, it wasn't Weber, really maybe? ever. Adam, Adam Weber. Go back to him. Yeah, Dan, thank you for the phone call. Let's run through a few of these here, because I'm sure there's some dissenting voices, too, and we should uh, we should listen to, to everyone. Ed, you're on with Mackie and Judd. Well, before I get to my point, I, I think it's silly to talk about firing him, because who would want the job? I mean, the perception would be, it doesn't matter what you do in Minnesota, you better you better have a winning record or you're out of there after a year. Good point. So yep. who would want that? Yep. But, but my my point about uh, driving driving me crazy with the raw raw stuff. There's just a degree of phoniness to it. it, it it's it. I mean, it, the guy comes in and it's raw raw, row the boat, whatever. And there's no reason to raw raw. There's nothing. The guy you get a lot more mileage by looking at the camera and saying, you know what, we got work to do here. We're gonna we're gonna get our work done. It's not gonna be oh gee, this is the this is going to be the greatest program in the history of football. Nobody believes it. It's it's like when you go to you watch these uh, high school dancing competitions, and one side of the gym screaming deliriously, regardless of what's going on on the floor, and the other side sitting on their hands. But Ed, I, thank you for the phone call. It, it, you can apply this to to business to almost anything. If you're trying to push the rock up the hill and you're trying to compete with established brands and entities and there isn't a cheat code like getting the number one overall pick, 
right? You're an expansion franchise. You're, you're Las Vegas. You're coming into the NHL. Well, you get to handpick players off rosters, and you get a high draft pick and all those things. There's no cheat code. You've been less than nationally relevant for 50 years. The only way you can put your program on the map if you're not winning and if you don't have the players or the quarterback to win and get the players it requires to win four-star guys is to fake it till you make it in some ways, and, is to put yourself out there and try and generate some buzz. And, and that's what he's been doing. Not to defend Fleck, but I would say this as well. Look at college football. And aside from uh, Meyer and Saban, look at how many of those guys have an act. Jerry Kill had an act. The Bumpkin Act was an act. That was a total act. Now, that that was, was more of our style and Holtzian in lots of ways. But if you look at it, a lot of college football co- coaches, Les Miles, they've got an act. So, so what they're trying to do, see, and this goes back to, to what I've said from day one. They're trying to attract kids who want to see the act. They don't want Zim to show up, right? Hey, we play really good defense. That bores them. They want to know what jerseys you're going to wear on Saturdays. They they want to know how many times they're going to be potentially on national TV. So if you just say, I'm going to be a flatline pro football-like coach, you better win a ton of games. Because a 19-year-old or 18-year-old kid is going to say, you bore me. I really like the guy who wears different jerseys every Saturday. Especially if, you don't, so, if you're not sitting in the middle of fertile recruiting ground. Sure. You know, can you... Can you get by with a little less than you might need to in SEC country where you're pulling kids from Florida, high school kids, Texas, like you're between Florida and Texas. That's fertile recruiting ground. You have to you have to go out and tell kids from California, Florida, Texas, other states, Ohio. Hey, Minnesota is the place to be. If you can't market, you're not going to get those kids. Steve, you're on with Mackie and Judd. Hey, guys, we can all agree. I think that you can manipulate the non-conference schedule. Sometimes it works against you. You think Miami of Ohio stinks and Ben Roethlisberger rolls in there and you know <laughs> yeah. you got to beat him. But that being said, I think the metric going forward, forget about this clays and all this, this stuff, should be what is his Big Ten record going to be over the next three to four years? Because a gopher coach has not had a, been above 500 for his career since Murray Warmath retired in 1971. I mean, Kill, yeah, he, he, turned, he got the car out of the ditch. But his quarterbacks, his offensive line, and his wide receivers were really marginal. And he was 14 and 21 in the Big Ten, 0 and 3 in bowl. So, as much as some of the boosters want to say, God, you know, Kill was unbelievable if he would have only stayed healthy, who knows? He had four or five years, and he was 14 and 21. Glenn Mason was 32 and 48. So, in my mind, you look at a coach and you say, What is his conference record? Yeah, Steve, that's, that's a good point. Yep. Uh, and that's the, the revisionist history when we go back and. Glenn Mason, Jerry Kill, you're it's not hard to find someone well, who can go th- who goes 3 and 5 in conference or 4 and 4 in conference. Which, it's what, not that hard. What drives me nuts Phil is Gopher fans because there's a a a faction of them, right? That will defend the current administration and coach to the death until they're gone and then they're like they Jerry Kill wasn't that good. It's, no. No, this program's been a mess for a long long time and I don't think there's ever been a sufficient basically look at why there's there's just it seems it seems like with fans of this program they just get defensive like they don't look at okay where's this going i mean jerry kill had to give up the job tracy clays was a bad hire who they were forced to bring in mark coyle came in and said we can't have this and now and but guess what when things go as sideways as they did at the end of last year 
there's a very good chance that you're not just going to pick up and win eight games again. Here's another question for you. Who has a better chance to make this program, which is not cool in the eyes of people around the country, it's not cool in the eyes of most people in the States, okay? Who has a better chance to walk into a living room and make go for football cool to a highly touted quarterback, Juco or otherwise, and they just landed one of the top Juco quarterbacks yesterday, in case people missed it. Tracy Clays doesn't do that. Who has a better chance to do that? P.J. Fleck and his, whatever you want to call it, bluster, or Tracy Clays or somebody else? Let's come back. I know Kevin has a Badger fan view on P.J. Fleck. We can take more phone calls, 651-646-8255. The Mackie and Judd Show rolls on. And now for the main event. On 1500 ESPN. Want to win a 55-inch TCL Roku TV? Join Johnny Height at Sports Page in Bloomington 3-5 to this Saturday for the ultimate college football viewing party with Dos Equis. Enjoy an ice cold one and register to win that new TV. Put game day over everything this college football season with Dos Equis, the official beer sponsor of the college football playoffs. More details at 1500ESPN.com. Well, this was unacceptable tonight. Period. The actual performance tonight, unacceptable. There's no way that we're going to look like that next year. All right, let's, uh, let's, let's wrap up our P.J. Fleck conversation with... A few phone calls here. Let's get a Badger fan view from Kevin on the Gophers and PJ Fleck. What's up, Kevin? You're on with Mackie and Judd. Hey, how's it going, guys? Good, Good morning. Good morning. Um, I think he is a great coach. I am so jealous that you guys have him. I grew up in Madison. Huge Badger fan. Dude, we take so many recruits. There are so many Minnesota kids on the Badger team. And we are not going to have them anymore. He's going to take all the recruits that we were taking. He's going to keep them in, in state. I just, I don't know what else Gopher fans want. He is the, the uh, yeah, I just, um, I don't know. I, ca- I can't believe all the complaining about the guy. I think he's, he's exactly what you guys need. It just appreciate it while you have him. I mean, I cannot wait for him to go to Arkansas or somewhere in the SEC because <laughs> You're going to have him for maybe three or four years, and he's gone. I think Gopher fans, I think, Kevin, Gopher fans, and I don't blame him. This is a culmination, again, of frustration, right? Fleck might rub you wrong, but but if you admit to yourself what's really wrong, and rightfully so, you're sick of this. You're sick of thinking, okay, Jay kills pretty good, and now he's gone. So I think this is a culmination of frustration, and it's easiest to, to lash out at Fleck in this case. I think there's so many layers. I think personality. There's, it's he's he's not your typical sure. conservative Minnesota upper Midwestern personality. He's not no Oshucks guy. We don't like the the sort of brash uh, nature of the way he communicates. It's not something that. That resonates well. So, uh, Nick, you're on with Mackie and Judd. Hey, guys. I'll keep it brief. I, I don't want to pretend like I know a lot about football. Uh, I work with a lot of kids. All I want to say is to your guys' point, um, Fleck has increased the UM, UMM sex appeal, sort of. I mean, with just the changing of the outfits, his personality, and the time I saw the kids, they are ten times more excited about Minnesota football. Just the amount of jerseys I see him wearing, like how he's changing the jerseys every week. He's doing a great thing outside of the football field, in my opinion, and the kids seem to be responding that I know. Thank you for your time. Thank you, Nick. Let's do one more here. Uh, Chris, you're on with Mackie and Jeff. Thanks, guys. 
guys. Yeah, I just want you to call it. I remember 30 years ago, I was talking to my junior high teacher, and he was telling me how, don't be excited about the Gophers. They're never going to be a good program as long as the Vikings are in town. And, you know, I hate to say that he's proven, him, proven me right over that amount of time, even though I had season tickets for seven years. Um, they scared me out of that stadium with the scholarship donation seating, which I think scared out probably about 10,000 other fans. And that's the biggest reason why that stadium is half empty mm-hmm. on most days. Uh, but I got to just take a glimpse of where the program is right now. Five and seven this year versus nine and four last year. But last year you had a sexual assault investigation and you had a boycott of a team. In reality, where is the program? Which is better? I'd rather be five and seven without that investigation than nine and four with it. I think another thing to add to the nine and four discussion, that was the weakest schedule in years, maybe in decades, that the Gopher football team has played. They didn't see any of the top powers except for Wisconsin in the Big Ten last year. And they lost. You know, they didn't they didn't win a game that you thought, oh, you know what, the Gophers, uh, this is kind of a, a step-up game. They should they should uh, step up and win this game. They lost all those games except for the bowl game. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was a good little 45-minute St- uh, discussion. Stability is, is what you want. It's what you don't have. You want stability. And you've never consistently had it. Yep. All right, we can maybe get back to that later, but uh, that was fun, boy. If we take three days off, and we've there's spent a lot an hour to, ranting about the wild a lot and to go for football. Here. Yes, sir. Uh, Mackie and Judd, we've got our pecking order coming up in about twenty minutes or so. Wetmore later in the show on some juicy Twins off-season rumors and reports to get to, but let's come back and talk about this Vikings team, the upcoming schedule, and a different way to contextualize the offense. Mackie and Judd. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. The college football playoff committee made their decision on Sunday, and as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the college football playoff, I 100% agree with OSU making it in over Bama. Nick Saban citing some hypothetical point spreads to prove his point that the tie deserve a spot in the college football playoffs holds little substance when you consider Bama's best win is over Texas. No, the committee got it right. TCU had a great season with far more ranked wins than Bama and didn't deserve to lose their spot after playing a surging Kansas State in a championship game. And Ohio State, while not playing some of their best ball later in the season, was still 12-0 until they came face-to-face with my Wolverines. While the college football playoff system isn't nowhere near as good as it could be, it's better than what we had. And in a few years, it will be better for all of college football. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. And don't forget, bet online for the NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts.